0: Hello, my fellow Ripplers. This is Chris Miles, your cash flow expert and anti financial advisor. I want to show that's for you, those that work so hard for your money. And you want your money to start working harder for you right now. You want that freedom and cash flow today, not 30 or 40 years from now, but right now, so you can live that life that you love with those you love. But most importantly, as you know, it's not just about getting rich. It's about living a rich life because as you are blessed financially, as your capacity and your stewardship grows, you have a greater ability to bless more lives. That's what I'm so excited to be here today. Thank you for allowing me to create a real effect in your lives, that ripple effect through your lives as well. Appreciate you guys tuning in. You've been binging, you've been sharing our podcast and really helping us grow. You guys have been so wonderful. And most importantly, you're not just listening to this, you're actually doing something about it. Because several of you have already been acting on that. Many of you are working with us right now, whether it's in the capacity of consulting or you've been doing infinite, but either way, we are so excited that we've been able to serve you. Thank you for allowing us to bless your lives today. And as always, if you want to be able to get more information or more help in these areas, you can always reach out to us at moneyripples.com. Hey, are you looking for another great podcast to listen to? One about investing and not only just investing, but learning about cool deals like investing in apartments that does not require you to have to be an accredited investor or have a million dollars. Hey, if you want to check that out, go check out my friend Lane Kawaoka's site, simplepassivecashflow.com. He's got a great podcast also called Simple Passive Cashflow that you can check out on YouTube, iTunes, or whatever your favorite podcast app is. If you want some great education and to learn about great ways to invest in other types of deals without, again, needing a ton of money, check it out, simplepassivecashflow.com or look up Simple Passive Cashflow on YouTube or your podcast app. Check it out. All right. So I've got a special guest today that when I heard his story, I just said, I got to have you on. <laughs> so him and I are actually in the same mastermind group together with several other real estate investors. And there's a really interesting conversations happening right now because of what's been changing in the real estate space. And so I really wanted to get into that today because not only is this man such an impressive young man, I mean, 24 years old, I barely became a business owner at 24 years old. And I sucked at it, right? I mean, so amazing to be able to have him here today. So we have Max Vollmer here, 24-year-old, this real estate entrepreneur, rocking it as a business owner right now with really a million-dollar real estate business that he's had while he was still at school. Not just while he was in school, but guys, get this. He was competing professionally in track and field, doing decathlons, actually competing not just nationwide here in the U.S., but also worldwide he was competing. So where I thought I was kind of cool doing a few little marathons, this guy was literally running around the world. Okay. So cool to have him here. And even while he was doing that, still built this million dollar real estate empire. So excited to have you on today, Max. Welcome to our show. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. We got to ask you, yeah, like obviously you've done a European championships, things like that. Tell us more about your story and who you are. A lot to tell. I'll definitely
1: make it really short. Grew up in Germany, started getting into track and field there. Initially, actually, doctors when i was really young I had a lot of health issues I had asthma so my lung capacity wasn't really great to be a runner or any endurance athlete so initially when i was growing up doctors told me i could never be an athlete and wow. uh, this you know, really stick with me forever because it was my brain and my entire body was not accepting it and i was always just having this vision this goal i want to be a world-class athlete and no matter what it takes i will get there and that mindset you know has really driven my entire life and has brought me to those success stories that I've accomplished so far, but also in business. But right? it really like overlapped to business to everything to my relationship, and so eventually I, you know, became an athlete. Eventually, I became healthy enough to be able to consistently train and got better. And so I moved out of my parents' house when I was sixteen to, you know, chase my dream and be a professional athlete. So I moved out. I was living by myself at the age of 16 to go to the training center in Germany, compete with the best of the best athletes, you know, learn from them, train with them, see how they do movements and just copy them. And eventually got to a point where I competed in my first world championship. I was placed in the top eight in the world and then got sponsorships to compete for Nike and go into school in the United States. And then out of all these schools, I chose the University of Oregon, which was known for track and field, you know, track time Mm -hmm. USA. It's pretty much, in my opinion, the best track and field school when it comes to the history in the United States, it was a no-brainer when I got that scholarship opportunity. And, you know, Ash Neaton, the previous decathlon world record holder, went to the University of Oregon. He was my huge role model when it comes to sports and definitely was an amazing journey. Came here five years ago, competed, as you said, for Germany, for the University of Oregon, and really had a great time as a college student. And I mean, COVID hit as an international student, student visa, which means you're not allowed to actually make any money with any kinds of W-2 employments, which doesn't really make sense to me because we still have to like pay the same amount than any other person does. I don't know why you wouldn't work at a coffee shop or anything like that. So I met my wife, my freshman year, my first college party ever. I met my wife and then, you know, never went to a party after that. We got married after dating for two years. So we were married right before COVID hit. And so COVID hit, I couldn't make money. She was obviously the same age. She still went to the same school. She was working as a server. We were living in Oregon at this point in time. And Restaurants are shutting down. So there was no way for us. So two college students, no income, still the same expensive. All our parents, everyone was in the same boat. Nobody knew what's happening with COVID. So there was no really support coming from parents or anything like that. So we were really pushed to the wall and had to figure out a way to like get out of it. And I had no idea what to do. So for months, we were like thinking, what could we do? Could we do like some under the table work, do some cutting cutting grass or anything just to get to the next month? And one day we hit $76 in the bank. And now it was January 7th. So we hit $76 in the bank. And I was like, okay, so if we don't do anything now, we're not going to make it to the next month. Like, how are we supposed to pay for rent? And this is how our business was born. You know, we started out of nothing. And we always had interest in investing in real estate, but we always had this false assumption that you have to have, you know, a lot of money and W two job to start investing in real estate. So the whole idea of like going into it with no money, no experience, kind of learning while you do it was never really there. But until we were pushed to the wall, we had to do it. So we really jumped into it. I didn't know anything about real estate, and I had no idea about. Escrow, underwriting, nothing. I was like, okay, we just, we see what happens. We so you watched, you know, YouTube videos, the typical things. We started sending out direct mailing. We had like a $3,000 credit card. So we utilized that. And I guess it was God's will to help us out of that $3,000 marketing budget. We got our first deal. Then after a couple of weeks, it was a great deal it turned into $25,000. And it was like, oof, Oh my gosh. It worked. Like what are the odds, right? A $3,000 investment made us this much money. And we use it to pay for the rent the next month. And we just literally reinvested everything that was left over into the business. Again, we didn't take any profit or any like on the side, I guess it was definitely a high risk, high return kind of scenario, but we reinvested it all into more marketing processes, educating, investing in ourselves and scaling and got more and more deals, more and more deals. So the first year, we did I think 45 deals just between me and my wife while still going to school. While competing, like you mentioned. So it was definitely extremely exhausting, extremely hard to challenge all those circumstances, right? It was no freaking time because in high stress, financial stress, but then also like running a business and not really knowing what you're doing. And then you're young, you don't know how to lead people, you don't really know. All the ins and outs, so you like consistently learning, and then he had your first lawsuit come in because he did something wrong. He like, and then he learned like this is like just an age of business, right? It's nothing like crazy, like those kind of small things. So it was a huge learning lesson, and then we really understood okay, for us to get to the next level, we have to surround us with people that are like us, people that are like minded, or people that are even like five steps ahead of the game, and just like following their path, getting mentorship, building out a network, and that was really the game changer of like just running the right of Hunting and chasing deals. So like actually building a business, seeing what other people do, understanding they're open minded. I guess that was for me, you know, from coming from Germany, it's definitely a different culture. People are not necessarily sharing. If anyone would have a successful business, they would keep it for themselves. They would never ever share anything to anybody. Right. It's really a different mindset. So when I came in the United States and I realized this is entirely different, people are sharing. And yes, there's some people that have mentorships that you pay, but even people for free. Sometimes you yeah. sit down and have these conversations and it was like mind blowing. And once I realized that, I was like, okay, now I really got to tap into this, right? This is amazing. There's so much free content out there. There's people willing to mentor, willing to give you advice. And just how the journey started, we took advantage of that and we started really growing as hard as we could and as fast as we could and, and build it. I would say strong business, but we'll see what that economy brings and what adjustments you have to do to stay strong and stay
0: sustainable. That's an incredible story. I mean, to know this has all been happening in the last two or three years, right? I mean, that's just incredible to hear and what you've been able to accomplish too. What have been some of the lessons you've learned along the way? Gosh,
1: I could write a whole book about that, right? It's only a couple of years, but I think I'm learning a lesson every single day, right? It's really interesting. It's always like, this is one Saturday, you know, you like, you feel like you own it all, you know, it all, everything is great. And then Monday morning, something happens. Now I got to learn it all again. Something else is happening. So, really interesting. Like, one of the things, for example, two, three weeks ago was like a Saturday. I was like, really just like relaxed that day. It was like, I think everything is smooth right now. I think we're going in the right direction. And then the next Monday, all of a sudden, you know, things have changed because the economy has changed. And it has really impacted us during that week. Investors were pulling out. And then I was like, oh my gosh, like now everything seems like the ground is just falling off. And you're like, okay, now i got to readjust and readjust the business. So we had to make some internal adjustments, cutting down some expenses, right? Just to be sustainable, because we didn't really know what to expect moving forward. So you never really stop learning. I think the most important thing is you never stop learning. Never really feel you have Mm -hmm. achieved it. I guess always assume the worst, right? I think that's what I realized is when it feels good, Assume the worst and be prepared for it because it's eventually going to come and hit you, right? It's a natural cycle. You always got to hit the ceiling to then grow, right? So once you hit the ceiling, that's that fine point where you feel like you, you're at the right point, And all of a sudden you hit the ceiling and everything changes. You have to just hire people, you know, whatever you might have to do to get to the next phase. So the consistent scalability yeah. and growth always comes with pain. I guess you cannot really grow sustainable. It's always just an up and down and up and down. And these downs might feel a lot more scary than the ups. Appreciating mm-hmm. the ups, I've realized this too, that you have a good month, you make a lot of money, and then you're like, okay, let's move on. And next month you have a slight you know, loss, and then you're freaking out because you're holding on to like negativity, but you don't realize the big picture. Like, hey, we're still growing. We're still better. Go. Let's just breathe and refocus. So these things, and just investing in yourself. I think that's the biggest investment that you can do is invest in yourself. Cause that's going to be paying off, you know, a hundred X if you do it right away.
0: Yeah. That's a great point. Cause you have to be humble enough to always learn. I mean, once you think, you know it all that's usually when life or markets yeah. or something will slap you around and put you back in your place. Right.
1: Absolutely. That's interesting. Yeah. Once you feel like, no, I'm really good. I know it all right now. And then poof,
0: next day you're like, oh gosh, I got to learn something new. <laughs> it's like time for that little Thanksgiving holiday, humble pie. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Well, tell us what, what you're seeing right now, because the thing I love about when you're in the business of like wholesaling, you do flipping, but you also do a lot of different rentals. It sounds like you do a lot of different types of investments. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. So we initially started a typical wholesale business. We actually had a virtual business and we started, it was one state, we migrated into eight states at some point, a virtual wholesale business in a virtual team. Everything was totally virtual and it was working because the economy was recovering it, right? There was crazy demand, crazy economy, like everyone could have done that, that strategy, Obviously, it wasn't sustainable. So I realized quickly within that economy while it was still hot that this is probably not going to work forever. Like at some point, it's going to turn. This economy is not naturally. So we started to to shift away of like reducing certain markets into just focusing and then eventually just being in one state versus multiple states to make it really smooth. And then going from a virtual team to an in-house team of yes, you have higher expenses, but also you have more quality of just capital resources, HR, right? So, we kind of changed from entirely virtual team to now entirely in house team, and then mm-hmm. changed the wholesaling mm-hmm. to doing more fix and flips, and then to do more turnkey and rentals, right? So, like the whole almost mm-hmm. like, I guess I would say a natural progression, where right? A lot of people are able to start in the wholesaling because it doesn't take much capital, you just flip contracts. So, we mm-hmm. did that, and then we kind of started building a more sustainable business by always having challenges, right? It was again, one month we felt like, We've cracked the code, you can wholesale, we have 10 deals right now in escrow that week. And then next week, all those 10 literally fell off because, you know, that was like right when the interest rates got announced to increase and like the whole economy seemed to like kind of flatten out and, and collapse. So mm-hmm. it was like June for us in our market, it was June where like instantly overnight almost like everyone was like, what's going on? And then we like had to make a decision of losing all the earnest money and canceling all the contracts or just fixing up and flipping ourselves. 'Cause we bought them at such good prices. So I was like, okay, let's figure this out how to do it. So we worked into it and then eventually built out a business to actually focus on the fix and flips. And within that capacity, we started then doing the turnkeys by looking for end buyers. So we got an in-house construction team that we onboarded, trained to, to sustain more projects and have more control of the process. And then eventually, because I'm from Europe, my business partners from Europe, we utilized that connection. And the understanding of different markets to raise money from overseas and, you know, sell those properties to turnkey buyers in Europe and other countries, which, of course, adds another layer of, I would say, issues because you have to deal with different FCCs, different legal requirements. It's definitely easier raising money here, but it was like a niche market because nobody else did it. It was great and it still is great. And I think once you really figure out how to scale that more, right, it's fast. It's like we have to like almost physically be events. there, We host events and then bring people over to Tampa, show more events and then Mm -hmm. afterwards bring them online. So like maybe on a virtual side, making it more able for people to access our coaching education component to invest with us. But again, it's another learning lesson. You have to understand how to like work cross markets, but it's going to open up opportunities. And it's definitely interesting in dealing with different economies, different people, different expectations, and bringing them all together and offering a package. At the end of the day, it makes everyone a winner. So that's great about it. And so yeah, we've scaled more into this and then raising money with doing those things of naturally the syndication components So we started investing in, in multifamilies, syndicating multifamilies which I think is going to be definitely a focus for us moving forward, because I personally really like the multifamily game. So that's going to be definitely focused next year of, you know, really building a process and a system around the multifamily syndication, you know, less on the wholesale, single family,
0: small syndicating apartments. I like how you've maneuvered this. Right. Because we're hearing more and more about people right now, especially in the wholesaling game, where definitely home sales are changing. Everything's changing in that market. It's definitely not a buyer's market. Well, it's more of a buyer's market than it was a sell before, where it was very much a seller's market. Now it's not as much of a seller's market. So now we're starting to see things maneuver and change. And I like how you also went more of the long-term, almost wealth building strategy versus just trying to do transactional. I know that's something that I taught a lot in that group, that mastermind group you're a part of, which I was warning people a couple of years ago saying, don't get comfortable just being transactionally wealthy, but become actually passively wealthy too, which you're now starting to do as you're starting to broaden into these other areas. It's cool to see how you're maneuvering as an active investor, but you're also broadening into some passive investments too.
1: Yeah, I think that's the sustainability is passive, right? The active is great in the here and now, but yeah. it's not necessarily something that you can always sustain in the long run, right? The best wholesalers will always have issues you see now. And I realize this, you know, where do you want to go in five years? Do I consistently want to chase active income or do you want to also have a week off and be like, I know I'm going to make money. So it's definitely a long, like you said, it's a marathon. Like wealth is a marathon. Yeah. It's not a sprint. So you have to commit to it. You know, it's going to be a long path. But you have to start somewhere, you have to start running at some point and start adding deals to your portfolio and taking at risk and taking those opportunities along the way. And it was definitely a shift, right? Because it's changing like the active income on your balance sheet because you're not going to do all these wholesales, right? You're going to hold rentals. But at the end of the day, in five years, looking back, ideally, I'm going to look back and be like, you know, you did a great thing. You have all this equity now, cash flow, and it's just like consistently like adding up to be a decent portfolio and you can be more passive. That was the one reason why I initially started out so that businesses, as we both know, track and field, is not like football or soccer where you make a lot of money. So for me to have all the acclaim, right? <laughs> yeah, I know, but I love it. And I would like to get back to it next year. I would like to continuously improve myself and figure out a way to integrate that. But I don't want to like be in a position where I have to do it because of money. I want to just compete because I love it. And no matter what happens and getting this position, you have to be passively in a position where you can just take a week off and, and you fly to Europe and compete there and just not worry about stuff. It's so, about building a business that fits your lifestyle. And this is what I realized a couple of months ago. I was like, you know, we're doing is fun, but it's exhausting. It's a consistent race. Every single day, we're going to go out, hunt, 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 hunt. So you have to pick and choose where you want to go. And in the long run, I would like to go more into your multi-family syndications are like, The whole concept about syndicating and building that wealth and, you know, the turnkey side is something that we do right now because we're really good into process, opens opportunity. And especially now with the market turning, I think we have to double down and focus on it. Pre-closure deals coming across, short sales, all these things. So at the end of the day, now it's, you know, looking back at the last crash, now is the time to really get good at that. Acquiring rentals, providing turnkey deals to investors that are looking to seek certain returns versus just trying to wholesale, making this quick capital. Just a restructure, and you know, with that restructure, also we had to restructure internally our business. Certain employees that go because it's, it's a natural progression of, of business, right? It's one thing that I guess the school doesn't teach you because, of course, it doesn't. But learning to be a leader, I guess, is the most challenging thing along the way of being an entrepreneur because it's easy managing myself, but managing people, having responsibility, creating a culture is. It's definitely hard and like it was good the last couple of years because it was like an upswing economy. But now in, in moments like this where you have to make decisions and also let go of people, because you have to value who's actually really adding value, or be are closing the wholesale division a little bit. So certain people that are aligned to it had to let go. It's it's not easy. It's definitely it was probably one of the hardest things I've done so far, just having these conversations and readjusting afterwards. But it's natural. It's, Part of business, part of life. You know, you're learning from it again. You're taking those learning lessons moving forward. So it's always a consistent playground of new challenges that you have to deal with. And I think that's the beauty of being an entrepreneur, right? You, you choose it because you like it. I would never be happy just doing the same thing and always being comfortable. I need that uncomfort and adjustment because I know I'm getting better when I'm pushed to the wall. It's like a track and field athlete, Right? and you train and it hurts. Now is the time right you now I'm getting better. Right? When you soar, sore, when it's painful, then you know, okay, I'm getting better. Now I've got to push harder because now I'm getting to the next level. It's not the comfortable space when everything is good. You never get sore. You have to run. You have to go hard. And that's the same thing with business. But it has to be uncomfortable for you to get better. So I see that opportunity there. I see the opportunity in the, in the upcoming economy of a lot of uncomfortable situations. But bottom line is looking forward. Ideally, it makes you better, you know, if you stay aware of it, you learn from it quickly and you adapt by what you learn to use that moving forward into the new strategies and just getting better as a person, as a leader, as an entrepreneur, as a business owner and so on.
0: Well said. Well, last question for you. I've had several people here in the States, right? In the United States say, hey, I'm curious about investing in Europe. You know, it seems like Europe might be the place to go next. They're looking for greener pastures. But I also have many people in places like Australia, Europe, Canada, places like that saying, should I be investing in the US? Because it sounds like it's better there. I would love to hear your perspective because you have to educate your people in Europe, some of your contacts to want to invest over here to buy turnkeys and things like that. What's your insight on that? What's your feeling about how the market is in the US compared to other places like Europe?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So I think people always say the grass is green on the other side, right? which certainly is the fact in this case. But Markets are entirely different. If I compare the European market with the US market, I would Mm -hmm. never invest in Europe, right? There's a certain reason because a lot of the things that we see as natural, like double closing or like just the easiest thing at at all, like getting the data, right? This is like Mm -hmm. for us, we don't even think about it. We get the data, we skip trace, we get it all. It will be possible in Germany to get data. It's impossible because the privacy laws, you don't even know who's your neighbor if you don't knock. You cannot just like look up who's my neighbor. You don't know the address. Mm-hmm. You don't know the name. You don't know any property ownership. You can't look those things up. So this will make acquisition almost impossible. Like direct to seller acquisition is impossible, right? And then like the Americans are a bunch of are, stalkers, right? To be like a stalker, or like you know work with real estate agents, so you have the whole commission component again. You could never wholesale. You could never mm, do a seller wow. financing lease option. Use other people's money to buy a deal and then have some kind of equity partner syndications. All these turnkey strategies. You couldn't do it, right? It will be an entirely different model. And on top of that, the tax law in, in, in Germany, as an example, if you sell your property, I guess after 10 years, before it hits the 10-year mark, you're getting hit, high capital gains taxes. you like like even a one-year turnaround, you will still get hit. Like here we have the one-year capital gains strategy, right? 1031 exchange, these things don't exist. So it makes it extremely hard to invest over there. It's a different strategy. You have to like target different investments. But the things that are natural to us do not work. And the other side is you don't have the cash and cash returns and investments if you're investing in, the, in certain countries like Europe or Italy because the price range are through the roof still, right? It's really expensive mm-hmm. there high maintenance cost and the rental rates are super regulated because the government is putting a lot of control in that regards. Whereas in the US, it's really more demand supply regulated versus government regulated. So, you know, now, for example, rental rates are going up because people can't afford necessary homes with an 8% mortgage anymore. So you will see that incline there, which there's no much, not much regulation yet. And just the purchase price of certain properties in certain target markets where you have cash flowing markets, there's a huge variety of, of those markets compared to Germany, as an example. Germany is overpopulated. You do not find niches where you can buy a house for $100,000 and get a $2,000 a month rent. You would never find it. So investing in Europe, right? they see those returns. So like a 3 4% return for them is good. And then they see U.S. and like oh 15% return oh my gosh right so it's the really mind blowing and you hear people like I'm not touching anything if I don't get 12% right if you have these expectations you wouldn't be able to really invest in different countries it makes it really hard the cross regulation the legal components tax regulations SEC regulations So right? it's a huge headache if you try to go out of the country now obviously with us being in the U.S. and knowing everything it's really easy to provide that service for overseas investors we open up the LLC the bank accounts and all the legal documents they need if you give them that return, but We would, I guess, I would not invest in some of the European countries. I think there's maybe an an investment strategy if you want to go out of the country in like those third world countries, like Costa Rica, right? Because these are like high vacation areas. So if you buy like short term rentals there, the acquisition price is going to be really, really cheap. And if you target the US or Canadians, now you can charge like the typical international fees, you know, two five hundred dollars a night, and then you can really cash flow them. It definitely adds more challenges. I think the US itself is a huge huge playground, right? There's different states, different cash flow markets. So I think just investing in the U.S. probably is the easiest and you get the same returns without all the headaches. So that's how I see it. But there's always opportunities everywhere. So if you find a great opportunity, really do the research and make sure that you're understanding all the other components that align with that decision and investing in different countries, etc. cetera. Nice
0: words. Well, Max, I appreciate your time today. This is awesome. For everybody, you want to connect with Max. We've we've got his social media handles and everything in the show notes. You can connect with him that way. Hey, if you're international, you may want to get his advice and say, Hey, I'm in Europe right now. I'd love to hear more about what you do. Great. Just go ahead and check in our show notes on the blog there on moneyripples.com. You can see how to follow him. And again, Max, appreciate your generosity and super excited for you. This is an exciting time for you. Awesome. Well, Chris, I appreciate you having
1: me. And of course, if you guys have questions, reach out to me. And as you say, you guys can follow us on the social media as we're trying to give a lot of free content out there. We're trying to show the journey. We're going through the day-to-days, the things we're doing, the things we're learning. And I also provided my phone number to to Chris. So if you guys have any deals, you might want a joint venture, you might need some syndication partners or you want to maybe invest passively in certain turnkeys and see what we can offer. Just send me a text message or, or call me directly. I'm happy to jump on a call and discuss those kind of business inquiries in person
0: or just follow our social media and I would appreciate that as well. Awesome. Well, again, thanks so much, Max. And everybody else, you know, the best thing you do, huge advice, I think, the Max gave that you can always learn from is keep learning. That's the thing you should always do is always keep learning, keep growing, keep that humility so that you can always surround yourself with the right people to give you the right kind of advice and the right kind of attention and really just kind of keep you here and now. And that's what we hope to provide for you here on this show. So thank you for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe to our channel on YouTube. Make it a wonderful and prosperous week. See you later. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.